This episode is brought to you by Blueprint Renovate Program, the program designed to create space in your firm to cultivate mindset change through what you do every day. Visit blueprinthq.com.au slash contact to start the conversation. Welcome to the In Demand Accountant. I'm your host, Sam Dean, and I'm excited to have you here to explore efficient and effective frameworks for implementation of change so we can stay in demand, build business mastery, and meet any kind of disruption that comes to us. All notes and links can be found at blueprinthq.com.au forward slash podcasts. Enjoy the show and get curious on what we can do as an industry going forward. I'm going to start off with a personal bugbear of mine. Ever since I sort of started working towards shifting from tax compliance into the advisory space, which is something I did because it was my absolute passion to get more business advice work through to the SMEs after I'd experienced um, owning a small business myself and realized some of the struggles. But I never lost sight of the importance of compliance work, particularly around tax restructuring and protection. And I still am constantly, and that was 15 years ago, I'm still constantly surprised and, you know, frankly, get a little bit annoyed with this, even now, I saw an article in LinkedIn the other day on this gap between compliance and business advisory and how we need to and shift and fill the gap. I might have read it wrong, but I always get the impression that people are saying we need to move away from compliance into um, the business advisory. Now, these are totally different skill sets. And also, I think it's very important to point out that while compliance processing is certainly decreasing, compliance as an advisory space is not going away and is in fact actually growing, particularly given the what has happened over the last six to eight weeks with COVID. And I don't think that you know, the stimulus packages or our ability to interpret those things quickly, you know, that's not going to go away. There's going to be constant disruption and everything going. So compliance advisory, so that's doing things, you know, in a proactive way around compliance, I think is actually one of our biggest growing areas and we need to do that. There's also a lot of other aspects of accounting away from just what we classically call business advisory, which is strategic um, growth work. Not that it's important and not important. Of course it is. But there's highly skilled uh, tax compliance accountants that are great at what they do and their associate tax advisor services. And they bring a tremendous amount of value that no other professional can bring, particularly in times like this. Now, some accountants certainly may want to engage more with clients in different ways. For example, offering that strategic assistance And firms may look to offer these firms, you know, to complementing our underlying compliance offerings. I think that each individual's accountant's pathway is different, but it will add value to clients, which includes being able to communicate their value and be more proactive in delivery, which brings us to the first topic, if you like, of mastering our craft, which will answer some of these questions. So let's look at the first element of an in-demand accountant, and that is that we are masters of our craft. So what does that actually mean? Well, first of all, we love what we do. 
we really know our stuff and we have hard skills to support it. We can connect what we do with our clients' needs and we are curious and constantly learning about our craft and how we might be able to innovate our craft going forward. So let's just quickly summarise that again. Aspects of our master of our craft. One, we love what we do. Two, we really know our stuff. Three, we can connect what we do with our clients' needs and market's needs. And lastly, we're curious and innovative and we're learning going forward. So I'm just going to work through these four in turn and give you some tips and tricks about how you can develop that. Okay, number one, let's drill down in loving what you do. I think this is an interesting one for us as accountants. So often when we're doing the staff engagement or um, the staff interviews as an initial part of either our Renovate or Accelerate programs, we talk to staff about how they came or even partners about how they came to be into the industry. And I hear more often than not, and I would say this is over 50%, that, and my consultants as well, is that we kind of fell into it. It was a good thing to do after school, particularly sort of the 40 to 60-year-olds right now as well. You know, it was a good career to have. There wasn't actually a lot on offer. I know that when I started 30-odd years ago, um, you know, you did commerce and you did accounting or you did whatever that is. Now, of course, you've got lots more areas to go into. And I mean, frankly, back then, a lot of people kind of went into it because it's, you know, get to your clients and it's a good, you know, it's a good stable um, industry to be into. So that doesn't necessarily mean that. And of course, early on in your career, you're not really sure what you actually love. So why is this one important? I think if you're not really enjoying or really clear on what it is, that you do every day or most days, as we go forward in this age of disruption and disturbance, for lack of a better word that's going on at the moment, and you do have to change some of the skill sets that go around what you do every day or you have to change or have conversations with clients. If, if what you do in principle is not something that you really love and connect to, it becomes really hard as you go forward. So if you haven't really thought about this before, and, and a lot of you might not have, have a bit of a brainstorm. So what is it that I enjoy? So maybe go back over the last week or keep a little note to the side to say, I really enjoyed that and have a look at what it is that you're doing during the day. And then ask yourself, is it actually what I think it is? Because we all say, if I don't, I used to use tax if I can as an example. I really enjoy doing tax. Well, what does that actually mean? And what is it that you actually do within that? So it could be you love researching tax. You love sitting down and working through complex legislation. So if everybody really got a thrill out of what was going on over the last four to six weeks, all the fatigue aside, you know, that's probably you really like researching and, you know, creating content around that perhaps. If you really like talking to your clients and communicating the complexity in, in the tax in a simple way, it's probably more of a communication play on what you do. If you like the processing and getting financial statements and getting everything right, that's a slightly different do as well, even though it is included in everything. So just have a look at what you really, really enjoy. Um, and, of course, you're never going to get that to 100%, but you might just start looking at what you do every day and why that you actually love it um, a bit differently. And I can tell you from experience 
if you can find out what that is and what that connection is, it can be very, um, and you can find joy in your day and what you do. It makes you, makes it a lot easier to have difficult conversations and do things later on. Another aspect of why we might go offline on love what you do is what I was referring to. People are telling us sort of what to do rather than, you know, us taking value out of what it is that we do every day and enjoy. Because if you can really understand where your skill sets are and, you know, what brings you passion within your job during the day, you can, you will grow your business. It doesn't really matter. Even if that is processing, you just become the best at what you do and you give the best to your market. No matter what it is, you will succeed. The number two element is you really know your stuff and you actually value it. So you really value and know your hard technical skills. There's two things here. The hard skills. So you've worked really hard over the last however many years to develop a really nice portfolio of hard technical skills, whether that be around tax or accounting, financial statements, etc. But you actually value that and you, you know, really understand the value of that as well. The next aspect of mastering your craft is connecting what you do back with what your clients' needs and ultimately wants are. You really can't be true masters of any craft until you can actually message it back in a simple way to your client, either your client base or your market at large. This is certainly an area that I struggled with early on, even when I moved from advisory, is that if we can't really connect what we do back to what our clients' wants and needs are and explaining that in a way that they really understand and connect with, we are never going to be masters of our craft because people won't know that we're actually the masters. I think if there is a gap, in our industry, this is where it is, that we need to be able to educate and both our clients and our markets in why it's important to come to us, no matter if it's for compliance or advisory or whatever, and link that really back to what their wants are. Because when something happens like COVID just happened, it's very clear that they need to come to us. But as COVID and the urgency of some of that stuff comes off, there is still a massive amount of need out there. And it's always our challenge to be able to connect back what we do, which is is a complex matter, connected back in a simple way so that clients can understand the value of what we do. The key to this is to actually be very clear in what is the problems that you're actually solving for your clients. Sometimes the problems we think we're solving, which is lodgement of tax returns, are different from the problems they're actually seeing. So how can you actually do this? What are some some of the steps that you can take? Well, sometimes the easiest thing is to just ask. So if you've got a client that really values you but that perhaps refers, you know, ask them, you know, what is it the problem that you solve for them? If it's that simple. The other one is is you can ask people and you don't it doesn't even have to be clients, it can be You know, what keeps you up at night, you know, when it comes to your financial or tax areas? Be specific in that, otherwise you might get other responses. Or simply ask them what's important to them. Now, quite often the answers to those questions will be 
I just want to feel safe. I want to know that I've lodged everything on time um, and I want to be very clear on what that what those obligations are and when they come in. So that's a different outcome, you know, a different way of wording it and a much better hook than we'll just get your tax done on time. So it's really important to be able to listen to our clients and actually pick up from them what the problem is that they are actually wanting us to solve. Doing their tax return or getting their, you know, cash flows or even tax planning to a certain extent the way we do it are actually a how we do it or our output. It's not, you know, actually going to the problems that they actually want to solve. If you can be very clear and specific on what their problems are as individuals and you can connect that back to what you do, you will have, it will be much easier to really frame up conversations and go forward into the future when we're going to have to have more conversations. Another important thing to this too is if not, this is not just about selling or getting the right price for your services. This is also if you're actually trying to get your clients to do stuff that they don't want to do. And that might be trying to explain to them as an example. Let's go a little simple. And I know that quite a few people have this problem. You have a client that doesn't get their, their gear in. They either get it in late or they send it in really early and then they never respond to you. But when you've really sat down with them in the past, they've said it's very important to them that they understand where their cash is going and that they have enough cash. Well, you can link back. If you get your tax stuff back to us and you respond to us very quickly, we can really, really hone down on what your tax obligations are and then set them up so that you aren't surprised at the end of the year about tax and you have to come up with tax amounts because of the delay of them maybe getting the information in. So this then connects back what's important to them so they have clarity around their cash flow to something that even bugs you is that they don't respond very quickly and then they're always bitching that they, they get their tax bill at the last minute. So you, rather than trying to hone them and be quite um, aggressive about it, you can just say, hey, it's important to you that your cash um, you understand cash flow and, and that's covered and then you can, you know, link that back to their behavior of not getting their stuff in. So while it's not quite connecting what we do technically back, it is connecting something that is a bad um, behavior problem with our client back to what their needs are, which is clarity and cash flow. The last element, number four, of mastering your class is being curious and innovative with our craft going forward. So we want to actually make sure that what we do stays relevant and important into the future. So we need to be really looking out in an innovative way and that we're both, one, we're currently executing what we do really well. And then how do we leverage that to make sure that we get more and more efficient at it so we can get our craft to more people. And the second one is actually looking at the future as well. So a bit more of the innovation. Where do we think our skills and our services are going to go? Is the current way we're delivering it with the skills that accompany it appropriate? Also, if you are looking at, you know, what you do every day and you do want to change that across to something like business advisory or whatever that may be, this is the stage that you get curious as to how you can make that shift. How can you use the skills that you've got right now to then use that as a foundation and a leverage to where you actually want to be? 
And I certainly learned this the hard way. I should have spent a lot more time leveraging off what I already knew from a tax, what my, my strengths were, rather than kind of listening to, well, if you want to move from compliance into the advisory space, you know, that's a completely new skill set. Now, while there are added skills, some of the skill sets that we learn in tax um, or compliance work, such as the ability to step a job through a process, that it's a very clear step, the attention to detail, budgeting, constantly talking to our clients throughout the process. These are all skills looking at tax as one of the major expenses, and it should technically be the second or third. And, you know, all the planning that we did around minimising that is a skill that then can be leveraged into other forms of expenditure, you know, throughout, for example, wages. Um, When we started, you know, looking at and doing a lot of business advisory work, um, a lot of those skill sets, you know, later on, sort of three or four years down, I went, oh, this is the same sort of stuff, particularly as now that I work with it. So if you're looking into the future, get very curious as to what you do now and actually how can you innovate and that. And if you do want to shift your hard skill sets across, you know, don't forget that what you do now is probably valuable and you can use some of those skills going forward. So I'll just circle back on that one because is that we need to be curious and innovative with our craft. So we need to see what we're doing right now and how we can actually improve that and make that execute, how we might be able to leverage a little bit about what we do every day. And this is something we really work hard on in the Renovate program so we can create space then. So then you can get look into the future and be a bit more innovative either around your compliance advisory skills or whatever the skills that you want to grow into the future and what they will actually look like. Or alternatively, if you did want to then be a little bit of innovation going forward into different skill sets, but also innovatively looking at what our markets and business models will actually look like and get really curious on that going forward. So let me just roll that around again. And what does it mean to be a master of your class? Firstly, you love what you do. Secondly, you really have those great hard skills and you know your stuff and you value what you do. Thirdly, you have that skill to connect what it is you do back to what your clients or your market wants and you're able to uh, message this in a simple way. And lastly, you're curious and you're really all about learning and expanding on your craft or if you are looking at changing you know some of the aspects of that then you can leverage what you already do going forward so just in summary going back to my introduction as well we've really got to stand up and say okay where do we need to go and what do we need to do and not listen to people who have a vested interest going forward and honestly sometimes even our clients don't actually know what they want because they don't know what they don't know so we've got to get much better at educating and really messaging out the value no matter what aspects of accounting that you actually do to be in demand you really need to be the master so love what you do know your stuff be able to connect it and continually be curious And that curiosity also goes into questioning what other people are saying and saying, no, this is my lane and I'm sticking to it because it's really important. I would so love to chat with you about this. We at Blueprint HQ are 
totally dedicated to making sure that accountants become and stay the masters of their class to become in-demand accountants. We would love to have a conversation with you. So go to our website and to book in a 20-minute call or drop me an email on sam at blueprinthq.com.au or go to the website www.blueprinthq.com.au slash connect. We'd love to hear from you. As usual, continue the conversation and stay brave. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. To check out more information on all things Sandine and Blueprint, go to the website blueprinthq.com.au and remember, continue the conversation and be brave. See you next time.